The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker, rocker, rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this. I hate the work of those who fall away. my mouth I'll make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, where, boy, we have had some kind of storms through the night. I mean, it just makes you want to sleep in. I almost wanted, didn't want to come in. I'm just, it was so nice to hear it beating on the house. It was great. Uh, in any case, uh, for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible as the authoritative word of God. By the way, we're going to be speaking to that this morning. I want you to pay close attention to what I have to say, because it's very important and it doesn't come up a lot around Christians, conservatives and constitutionalists. When they get into political sphere, this type of language does not come up and it needs to start coming up. Okay. Uh, with that said, if you would like to check us out online, Please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com, sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. Scroll down on the right side of the page, and you'll see that there are two videos. The second video down, it's got Sons of Liberty 
uh, on it. <clears throat> click on that little green box with the white arrow and uh, then click on Rumble and you can join us in the chat over there. I'm going to drop that into the other uh, video platforms we're on. If you guys want to join us on Rumble, that'd be great. That way you got everybody in one thing. I can see most everybody commenting. Uh, but you guys can all see each other across different platforms and pages. So there it is if you want to join in uh, with us there. Uh, also, Bradley's show from Saturday is on there. Two hours worth of Bradley Dean. So if you missed that and you want to catch that, you can do that up until 3 p.m. Eastern. And then it will be live in that top square there. Right above that's where you can sign up for your for our email newsletter. Be sure to do that. You get the morning show archive along with all the articles our contributors give. In fact, uh, yesterday we had... Um, too, because they came in a little bit late, uh, I guess, on Saturday uh, from Suzanne Hamner. She's in the chat this morning the, um, about the pilot and also about Pastor Artur. I'm going to hit on that in just a minute. If you'd like to help us out, there's a donate button at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You can click on that and make a one-time donation. Also, you can uh, become a monthly partner with us as a son or daughter of Liberty. That link is also available at the top of the page, and our store is available. Now, if you guys are not signed up for the Sons of Liberty radio email. You got a special email on Saturday, 10% off everything in the store just for that day only. So if you didn't get that, head over to Sons of Liberty, Sons of Liberty radio.com, sign up on that email. You get it once a week. It's on Saturdays usually, and uh, it contains the special in there, Bradley's article for the week, and uh, a special update on the ministry of what we're doing. So uh, be sure to do that. Because uh, like I say, there was a special on Saturday, just for Saturday only till midnight and present off everything in the store. So be, if you want stuff like that, go over to Sons of Liberty Radio. It's a different email list, okay? So I'm just letting you know. And it's once a week, not once a day, once a week. Um, <clears throat> all right. So with that said, I had a friend send me a message from a guy. I, I'd never seen him before. Um, pastor Joel Webin. He's the president and founder of Right Response Ministries, senior pastor of Covenant Bible Church located in the north side of Austin, Texas. So if you're in the Texas area, I'm not going to say, hey, go check this guy out, but I, I like what he has to say here. Um, and it looks like some of his statement of faith is uh, right in line with where it should be. And so at least from that, I would say you might want to at least give him a talk if you're in the Austin, Texas area. But this might be a guy that you might want to listen to. Now, there is a short video under one minute, and you'll be able to hear the audio on the radio. Um, and this is, uh, this is pastor Joel and he's got a message that I'm going to kind of elaborate a little more on here in the next hour after we introduce some, uh, some news things. Uh, but here's pastor Joel and I want you to listen because he's right on the smack. Okay. So check it out. Here's one of my biggest concerns for 2022. I have little doubt that the political progressives in our nation have overplayed their hand and that they're cruising for a bruising in 2022. However, my concern is that the majority of our population may turn from progressive ideologies back to conservative virtues and values, but not turn back to Christ. Here's the problem with that. God will not be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. You cannot deny Christ and expect to enjoy the wine of his vineyard. We do not need mere politicians. We need preachers, those who preach Christ crucified, Christ resurrected, Christ ascended, and Christ ruling and reigning over every realm of human life and society. Conservative secularism is still secularism. It may die more slowly, but it will die. We need Christ. Happy New Year's. 
Come on. Amen. Uh, look, and the reason I'm going to take off on that is because he's exactly right. He's exactly right. When's the last time that you heard political commentators talk about Christ, really present Christ as he is in the scriptures? When is the last time, well, you hear it here, when is the last time that you've heard it from your, from the, your representatives? Who put Christ at the forefront of why they do what they do? They are ministers of God, are they not? Which means they're ministers of Christ. And if you think that, you know, I have a friend, he sent an email. We, we need Donald Trump. Back. Now, he called Donald Trump out for his Zionism and his ties with Israel, but we need him in there more than, than uh, Joe Biden. And I'm like, what? What? Friends, we must have Christ at the center of all of this, for he is the lawgiver. He's the lawgiver. What are we going to do without the lawgiver? We're just going to make laws up ourselves. Well, that's what we're doing. The conservatives are doing it as much as the liberals are doing it. The communists are doing it as much as the quote-unquote patriot Republicans. They're all doing it. Why? Because they've abandoned the lawgiver. They've abandoned the Constitution, too, but they've abandoned the lawgiver. Well, they give lip service to him. But then they don't go and they don't deal with the scriptures that would guide them in their legislation. They don't do that. So this was one of the issues that I have with dealing with Chick-fil-A. And by the way, I had to change out the thing. Um, the number that was there, I thought was to Chick-fil-A. It was to the specific individual. And so I, I apologized to her for that. I went through and re-recorded the whole thing. So it's got a little black mark over it. It's a little funky, but hey, I, it was my fault, okay? So I wanted I wanted to let you guys know the reason that changed, if you happen to go over there and see it, uh, is that was my fault. I should have had that blacked out. I thought it was the Chick-fil-A thing. It was a personal number. But that's why I have such an issue there. They talk about spiritual and moral and ethical considerations they had along with legal. And contrary to what the lady tried to argue with me over the weekend, Near the end of the conversation, she she did say they prayed about it, and but she says, I didn't say that. So are you engaging in ethical, moral, and spiritual things without praying about it? Is that what you're telling me? Which is what I said in the beginning, isn't it? I said, when they tell you that, that means they haven't done it, because there's no foundation for going along with tyrants to demand and say that uh, these kinds of things are going on. Now, I want to hit something on that real quick before I get into the message today, okay? Um, <clears throat> real quick, uh, I made mention of, uh, Suzanne's new articles, sonslibertymedia.com, experimental injection injure, injured pilot warns of unfit pilots flying airplanes. You'll want to check that out. There's a video there for it too. And then the arrest of Pastor Artur and his brother, uh, David, uh, arrested by China Gestapo again for exercising their God-given rights over the weekend. Yes. They're continuing to face the persecution there. Be in prayer for them. If you can support them in any way, whether it's financially, prayerfully, or go and be with them, go and do that. Go and give them your support. Um, I got this from Dr. Bill Smith. Now, we had Dr. Bill on, last, what was it, last week, last Thursday, to talk about the, the tests, all the different tests. There's like two or three of them out now. 
for the alleged convids 1984. All of them require these swabbing. And by the way, we sent in an email. I'm going to be sending another one today, followed up by adding Dr. Bill's um, show to Chick-fil-A uh, concerning my, my son and my daughter. They will not be taking the tests. Um, that the tests are just as dangerous as the shot. Okay. Check this out. I got this from Dr. Bill this morning. Newsflash. Cows are vaccinated with a swab in the nose. Dr. Lorraine Day confirms that the P, well, it runs out. <laughs> Whoever took this off, um, there was a problem there. Anyway, she's confirmed they're vaccinating cows with the swabs. Uh huh. It's just a test, though. Right? Just a test. And Chick fil A wants their employees to take this test every week. And Dr. Bill said it's not accurate in the first place, but they even recommend every. 12 weeks, not every week. This is why we're going to protest. To inform those employees and the people who want to be employees there that they're being set up and Chick-fil-A is going on with it. Okay? Just like every... Look, I'm not trying to single out Chick-fil-A, but Chick-fil-A was different in how it presented itself than a lot of other fast food places out there. But the other ones are doing it, too. They're requiring those kinds of things. They're going along with the tyrants up in D.C. So I, I just wanted you to see some of that. I've got, I've got a ton of videos. I may have to end up just adding some of these because I don't want to eat up all the time with some of these things. Uh, you know, here's one out of uh, New York and their health department. Check this out. Uh, the numbers that we gave on pediatric admissions weren't intended to make it seem that children were having, um, you know, having a, uh, a, an epidemic of infection. These were small numbers that we reported in our health alert. Uh, there, that was based on 50 hospitalizations, and I've now given you some larger numbers, but they're still uh, small numbers. It really is to motivate pediatricians and families to seek the protection of vaccination. Oh, yes. I mean, it, come on, man. What, what? They were loading 50, 50 hospitalizations in a city or in a state with how many millions of people in it in New York? Oh, and there were a little more after. And we just wanted to do that to motivate people to get the protection. Well, wait a minute. When this thing began, weren't all those little kids, underage kids, we were told all kinds of stuff about they didn't need this, that, and the other. Why? They weren't susceptible to any of this stuff. Liars. Just liars. There's another one that came out of Scotland. I'm not going to play it because it's it's about five minutes. But they come in. They walk this guy out. He must be in his 60s or 70s. I'm not sure. He's all decked out in his, his Scottish attire, his medals and stuff. They walk him out, and then this dude that you see in the picture here, he kind of gets up in the, the police officer's face because the police officer got up in, in his. And it took about eight of them to take him down. Um, there were more than a dozen of these guys in this restaurant. See, they're, they're not after the criminals anymore. They're after the, the innocent people. That's what you need to see. If you got cops doing this kind of stuff in your state, they are not your friends. They're not your friends. They are the enemy. They have sided with the enemy. And they must be dealt with as enemies. 
Okay. There's another one. And people in Red State Talk Radio, you won't be able to see it, but uh, just give you some some picture here of some of the protests. Here's Brazil. Okay, so here's here's the uh, this is Brazil. <laughs> oh my goodness, do you think these people are wanting what the tyrants are shelling out? And for people in Red State Talk Radio, I there's there's hundreds of thousands of people here. They are packed shoulder to shoulder. It's I, I'm, it's a beautiful sight to see the people out. Let me run through this again because I, I, I apologize for that that noise going there. This is absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. I mean, just a sea of people down a I, I don't know what this is. This looks like. Um, this looks like maybe three or four lanes that they're filling up and then some on the sides. It's incredible the people who have turned out to protest medical tyranny. Good for you guys down in Brazil. And it wasn't just this this city. This was in several cities um, across uh, Brazil. And then there was another one I wanted to toss in. I'm not going to be able to play it. It's about 22 minutes. The U.S. government brags about killing people with covert EMF weapons. Uh-huh. You people who are saying, oh, you're a bunch of conspiracy theorists about the 5G and, you know, all this kind of stuff and this, that, and the other. Yeah, okay. Maybe you need to take a look at this. I'll have this in the archives, okay? I'll have it in the archives. And uh, over the weekend, <clears throat> Kate sent me these. Check this out. This is in Amsterdam. <laughs> I mean, these guys are using batons on unarmed people, okay? On unarmed people. You got this one. And you see them bringing in military. You see the agents of the state in there. These are not your friends. They're not there to defend your freedom or your liberty. They're being used as pawns and tools as agents of the state. That's what they are. And you'll see that the people are fed up with it. They're fed up with being told what to do over an invisible boogeyman that they're willing to take their own chances with, with their own health. And they don't believe what they're being told because they're being lied to. Look, and they bring it, I mean... The guys come in with these batons and these shields against unarmed people. Think about that for a second. Unarmed people. This is why you don't give up your arms. Okay? You don't give up your arms. Here's another one. This is out of Amsterdam. Now, this guy looks like he might have been either beat or drunk, but boy, he's ready to go at him. <laughs> if only he had a helmet and some shoulder pads and a baton himself. But this is this is what's going on. And they're going to continue to do it until the people put a stop to it. Plain and simple. They're going to keep doing it. But let me say this. You need to get this thin blue line out of your head. Okay? While there may be some good cops out there, and I don't deny that at all, there, there may be. 
But push comes to shove and there's a paycheck on the line and they got a family to take care of. Very few are going to take the stand with the people. That's just the way it is. Human nature. This is why I think the police should be the people, the militia, the, the real law enforcers under our Constitution. But we have to be those who accept that duty and start stepping up to do it. This is why we're using tactical civics and starting to learn those things so that we can put them into practice within our own communities. Okay. Now, I want to get to back to the message from uh, this guy, Pastor Joel, and him saying, we need more Christ. I absolutely agree. One of the things I dealt with on Saturday was uh, Bradley said, hey, can you jump in the Rumble channel? I said, sure. He says, I said, what's going on? He said, got a guy in there putting Muslim crap out. And you know who it is, someone you trust over there. It's someone you can't trust. So I go over there and he's going, oh, he says, oh, this is great. And he dumped $100 in on us and said, oh, we've got, we've got to support things like Sons of Liberty Radio Live. I forget the words he used, but it was something like that. And he gave us $100. But this ought to tell you that we're, we're not going to be bound by those who give us money. We're going to stick to the word of God. That's, I mean, that's our authority, plain and simple. If you get off that track, we're going to call you out. Okay? Just the way it is. So he gives that, he does this, and then he starts posting links to Islamic sites. Now, his thing is, well, we need to worship God alone, and he's posted all kinds of crap. He's cherry-picked Bible verses out of context, which is problematic. You know I call that stuff out all the time. And I'll quote a Bible verse, but if somebody says, well, what does that mean? You know what I do. What do I do? I go to the context, I pull it up, I walk through the context, and that's what we're going to do this morning. He asked me why I was attacking him. He was the one attacking the Christ. He was belittling the Christ as nothing more than a mere man. Oh, he called him a Messiah. But he said he was nothing more than a mere man. Is that what Scripture teaches us? No, it's not what Scripture teaches us at all. John chapter 1. And I asked him, I said, what does John chapter 1 say? Will you tell the people in here that Jesus is God? He dodged the question over and over, and he was put to him, I don't know how many times, it's been put to him before in the comment section, dodged the question, would not answer it. And some of you may say, well, why are you doing all this? This doesn't apply to me. And this It applies to all of us because all of us are under the rule of King Jesus, whether you like it or not. You can say, I don't believe that all you want. Doesn't doesn't stop you from dying and facing him. It doesn't stop any of that. So here's what we read in John, because this this gentleman who was in the, the, the chat, here's what he said. He said, you worship God. Why are you attacking me? <clears throat> here's why. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was what? God. Now, who is the Word? Well, we're going to find out. Because if you're just reading this, you go, well, who's this word that's being talked about? This logos, this, this, this logic. Who is this person that was with God? Now, that indicates that there's, there's at least two persons, right? At least this word was with God, and the word was God. 
I'm telling you, it's beyond our comprehension to grasp all this. I'm not claiming that I have it fully down. I'm just taking from what the scripture says. The same was in the beginning. What? The word was the same in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him. Who? The word. This is what the focus is on, right? All things were made by him, and without him not was not anything made that was made. Now, these are the same people, just like Jehovah's Witnesses, just like Mormons, who will say that Jesus is a created being. Well, wait a minute. Is Jesus the word? Because we're going to see that in a minute, and we know that he is. What does it say here? And without him was not anything made that was made. If Jesus was made, who's making him? Oh, well, God made him. Well, that's not what the text says. That's not what it says. It says everything that was made was made by him. And then it goes on and it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And then it tells about the one who is going to come up here. And he's going to make a presentation of who this word is, and it's John. We know him, we refer to him as John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer. There was a man sent from God, so now we go from the word, who was God, to a man. So there's a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness to, of the light. Now who's the light? Well, says it up here, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Okay. So he's talking about John's bearing witness to who? The Word. Okay. He bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light. John was not the light. But was sent to bear witness of that light, which was the Word, right? That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. In other words, how do I know that all men know there's a God? Because they're made in the image of God, Romans 1, and they fail to, the reason that they won't serve God, that they, won't, they don't want to acknowledge him and suppress the truth and unrighteousness, is because they're reprobate. But they know God's there, just like the demons know. Okay, And we went over that the other week, too. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh in the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. Who's that? The light, right? Who is the word? It's the same guy up there in the, in the earlier verses. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Watch this. Watch this, you freewheelers out there. Listen. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. If you were born again, you were born again because God gave you new life. He gave you a new birth, not because you willed it. Okay, Your will was changed, and therefore you wanted to love God. And it was an act of God on his, on his behalf. Why? Because John, the same John says, we love him because why? He first loved us. He set his love upon us. Now listen to this, verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now wait a minute. For all my Muslim friends out there who say you believe in the Gospels and you believe in Jesus, well, what do you, what do you believe in Jesus? 
Sorry about that. My power battery thing is making noise. What do you believe about him? This is very important. Our orthodoxy or our right doctrine, our straight doctrine, has a great impact on our orthopraxy, on our practice. Our doctrine impacts our practice. If we don't have right doctrine, we're not going to have right practice. We're just not going to have it. We may get it right here and there, but we're not going to have it. Okay? And so what does it tell us here? The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Who's the Word? What did we read up there in verse 1? The Word is God. And the Word is with God. We'll get in that in just a second. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of as the only begotten of the Father. Now listen, what have we read before in the book of Ephesians in chapter 1? We've been made children, right? Children of God, right? But were we begotten? No, we were adopted. If you were a believer in the Lord Jesus, if you've had the new birth, We were adopted. We didn't do that on our own. It was something God did for us in the Lord Jesus. And so what are we told here? He's saying it's a work of him, but the word is what? The only begotten of the Father. Now, what does that mean? Most of us would understand that. Well, he's 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 just born of he's born of God. No, that's not really what it is. It has a connotation of doing with firstborn. And if you know anything about the Old Testament, The firstborn was the one that received all the blessings. He was the inheritor, right? And so what happens, you see, sometimes there were those who weren't the firstborn in line physically, but they were were second in line. They got the blessing. You see that with uh, with Jacob and and doing that to his, his grandsons, blessing them in such a fashion. And you see it in the New Testament, too, born out of Christ. So he's the he's the heir. He is the firstborn. He is the and and that doesn't mean he again, he's born, he's made because we just read at the top, he's the one who made everything. Okay? We beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bare witness of him and cried saying, "This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, and of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? He confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. John didn't take any glory for himself. Okay? And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou the prophet? And he answered, No. And they said unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. So here's the thing I want you to catch in that last little part. He quotes Isaiah. Now, when you go back into Isaiah and you read the passage that he quotes, and he says, now, what did we see here in this passage? John is the one who's making a way for the light or for the word. 
the Lord Jesus. Okay, so we know who he is. Okay? He's to make straight the paths for Jesus, because Jesus is coming behind his message with the gospel. John has a, a, a ministry of calling people to repentance, preparing them for that way. And it says to make straight the way of the Lord. Now, when you go back into Isaiah and you look up in here, you don't see it in the New Testament. When you go into Isaiah, you will see that the word Lord is all capital letters. That means the name of God. That's the name of God. And here's the thing. I asked my Jehovah's Witness friends. We walked through this passage together. I didn't know this. Look, I was as I bold as a lion. Um, when I was first a Christian, but I was dumb as a, a bag of rocks when it came to the scripture. I really, I just thought, well, God will give me the words to say, and and He does. He He gives you words to say, but He also has a way of bringing you down a little bit to teach you. And He did that for me because I came up against a Jehovah's Witness that just mopped the floor with me. I was zealous without knowledge. That's what I was. And so one of the things I've learned to do is take John one, go there, point out. This is who Christ is. He's the Word. He's God in the flesh. Because they switch it. They actually go back and they add, the Word was a God. They add that in. It's not in the Greek. But they add it in there. And so, yeah, and that's what, yeah, Patricia, that's what I'm talking about. We had a Muslim in there doing that. Acting as though he's one of us. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. And so when you see this, you take your Muslim, you take your Jehovah's Witness friends, you walk them through John, and then you go to Isaiah and you say, well, wait a minute, John the Baptist is making a way for Christ, right? We see that in John 1, but at the same time, it goes over there, and it's like, well, wait a minute, John's quoting that he's the guy prophesied by Isaiah, and Isaiah says that he's making a path straight for the Lord, or Jehovah. Yahweh, okay? That's who he's doing it for, specifically. So who is Jesus? Mm-hmm, that's right, he's God. Again, I liked how my pastor said it. it. sounds confusing to some people. Jesus is God, but God is not Jesus. Why? Because God is made up of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right? So we come down through here, we see that John baptizes and does all these things, all right? That's the first thing I wanted to bring to your attention. Then we come over into John chapter 17, because our Muslim friend says, well, how is he praying to God if he's God? Is he praying to himself? No. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When Jesus is baptized and he comes up out of the water, what do we read in the text? He's coming up out of the water. The Father speaks from heaven and said, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And we see the Holy Spirit descending upon him like a dove, right? There it is, right there. The Trinity, all in one picture. It's not, it's not putting on a mask. You know, the Father puts, uh, the God puts on the Father mask and takes it off and puts on the Son. That's modalism. That's not Trinitarianism. It's not biblical. It's not any of that stuff. There are three distinct persons who are God, who are the one God. No, there's three gods. No, it's not. You act as though you can comprehend it. I don't claim that I can comprehend it. I'm just saying this is how the scripture presents it. So we go to John chapter 17, the real Lord's Prayer. 
Okay, the real Lord's Prayer. By the way, <clears throat> I wanted to bring, I, I meant to leave this up. Forgive me for just a second, because I think this is great for leading into this. Um, I think that it will bless your heart. Um, and I don't mean that in the Southern sense, but I do think it will really bless your heart. And um, give me just a second, because I didn't, I meant to leave this open after we finished the the, the pre-show. By the way, for those of you wondering, the pre-show is the Charlotte Youth Orchestra, and um, <clears throat> that's the one uh, our daughter Haley plays in. Now, this is our youngest, and he was, I don't know how old he was here, about three or something, right? This is the, this is the, the what we've referred to as the Lord's Prayer, but uh, listen to this. You'll love it. In, in this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive. Forgive us our debts and we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the joy forever. Amen. Good job. <laughs> All right. So, you know, the kingdom of God is like a little child, isn't it? Isn't that right? And uh, kids are great to learn those kinds of things. And they like to be a part of doing all of that. So I thought I'd share that with you before we get into this one. Now, that's normally what everybody calls the Lord's Prayer, right? Well, it's really the Lord's model prayer for what he was teaching his disciples when you go back into like Matthew chapter 6 and you see that there. But the real Lord's Prayer occurs in John chapter 17. And this is what the, the Muslim guy who was coming in there uh, saying, well, is he praying to himself and stuff? No, that's not what he's doing at all. Look at what he's doing. These words spake Jesus. Remember, he has asked his disciples to pray with them, with him. Uh, they've fallen asleep, all of these kinds of things. Listen to what happens. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. And thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Now, there's a lady we had on the show, and then I went on her show, Dr. June Knight, and she's teaching people that Jesus doesn't give eternal life. And what does it say right there? He goes on and it says, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self. Listen, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. How many of you men out there or women out there can say you had glory with the Father before the world was? Huh? None of us. Because we weren't there. How is Jesus doing it? Because he's the guy that John said in chapter 1 of this same gospel, who was not only with God, but he is God. And he says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me, he's talking about the disciples, out of the world, 
So they're in the world, but they came out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them to, and they gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known, <clears throat> excuse me, have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. Now listen to this one. <clears throat> I pray for them. I pray not for the world. I pray for them, the ones you gave me, but I'm not praying for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine. See, he's doing this thing to show that he and the Father are one. Not the same person, but the same God. They're of the same mindset. They're the same substance. And he says, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. All right, let's stop right there. I've had some people challenge me and say, oh, you're, you're just getting everybody to become. No, that's not what we're doing. If we're one in mindset against tyranny, that's one thing. And over what we're dealing with now, yes, we're against tyrants. Why is that? It's because all men are made in the image of God. They see this, this tyranny. And I will support them in their fight for that. But we need to, in the process of doing that, making ourselves distinct as people of God, and who our Christ is. Our Christ cannot fit the Muslim viewpoint. It cannot fit the Jehovah's Witness viewpoint. It cannot fit the Mormon viewpoint. It cannot fit the Buddhist or whoever else has Christ coming up, different Christ in, in different times. It cannot fit that scenario. And that's not to beat them up. I'm not looking to do that. What I'm saying is this is a message for professed Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists. We must keep the standard because when everything goes under here, we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready in the wings with the answers that people need to hear so that we can rebuild the society because it's going to go under. God's already promised, <clears throat> I'll turn that nation into hell of those who forget me. And it's important that we we speak this. Now, we're going to be hated for doing it. Don't get me wrong. We're gonna, I'm probably going to be hated for some of this, too. That's fine. That's promised, guys. <clears throat> That's promised that we'll be hated for his namesake. Are we better than our Lord? Was he hated by those in political power? Yep. To the point they wanted to kill him. Okay? But Jesus goes on, and he says, while I was with them in the world, I kept, it, kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition. That's Judas, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And some guy came in here saying, oh, Judas is the son of perdition. He's going to come up from the grave and all this. That's not what it says. It's just, I don't know where people get some of the goofiness they get, but they don't stay in a context. And that's where they get in trouble. And they're probably not under any authority of somebody who actually knows the scriptures to teach them and help correct them. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. 
I have given, and see, I know some people have already dropped off because we went to Scripture and we're staying in Scripture now. And that's okay, too. The ones who are here, God has you for a reason to hear the message, and that's great. So he says, I've given them my, uh, thy word, and the word hath hated, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou should—this is for all you rapture people out there. Listen, I pray not— that thou shouldest take them out of the world. Hear that? That's Jesus's prayer. Do you think Jesus' prayer is answered? Then you might want to rethink that whole rapture thing. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through the truth. Now, what's the truth? Well, Jesus prays it. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself. I set apart myself. I am holy, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone. Okay, so he's not just going to pray for the disciples at the time. But for them also which shall be, whew, shall believe on me through their word. Jesus is praying for you and for me who are believers in 2022. Come on, somebody. I mean, he is doing that before he goes to the cross. I'm praying for all those who shall believe on me through their word that they all may be one as thou father art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me and the glory, which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and thou in me, and that they may be perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved me as thou Hast loved or love them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. Amen. Amen. Why is this so important? Especially in light of the troll that we had in there the other day. Why do I call that out with such a passion? Because it's so clear in the scripture and this guy claims that he believes the gospels. Okay, and so here it is. Now, he's trying to come into the midst of the people of God, and that's fine if he's going to be repentant or if he wants to hear the message. It's not fine with him spreading lies and false doctrine. Listen to what Jude had to say, first century. Here's what he had to say. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, 
when I when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, he wanted he wanted to write something else, but the Spirit of God was moving him to write something different. This is where you can read this is first first Peter. Um you can read or second Peter chapter one, where the Holy Spirit moved upon holy men to write scripture. But he says, It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was how many times delivered to the saints? Once for all. When does Islam come along? Several hundred years after Christ. The, this once for all faith was delivered into the saints. And Jude's talking about it. And he says we have to, we have to contend for the faith. Why? For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, not to salvation, but condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So already in the first century, they're dealing with these. John, in his epistles, says they're antichrist. They deny that Jesus has come in the flesh, and he's already told us who that is, the Word, who is God. So they're denying that God came in the flesh. What, is that, so what kind of doctrine does that sound like to you? Uh-huh. Sounds like Islam. Just like Islam. Just like Jehovah's Witnesses. Just like Mormonism. I mean, it's, it is. That's what it is. And Jude was just following up with what Peter had said, because Peter wrote before Jude, listen to what Peter had to say. This is Second Peter chapter 2. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false prophets among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. And this doesn't, this, I'm not going to get into a long thing. Wait, this one is a tough one, because some people want to say, oh, well, see, it says he bought them. He was going to save them. That's not what it is. That's not what it is. Did, did, did God buy everybody that came out of Egypt? Yes, he did. Were all of them part of his elect? No, they were all part of the covenant people, but they weren't part of his elect because some of them died in unbelief. And that's what this has to do. And bring upon themselves swift destruction. And he goes in and he paints a picture. If you want to know what a false teacher looks like, sounds like, walks like, read Second Peter chapter 2. You'll get a, a perfectly painted picture, and you'll start getting names in your head of who these guys are. I'm just telling you. They're after two things mainly. Sexual favors and money. That's what they're after. Always. That's, that's what they're looking for. Second Peter chapter 2. Take a read of that. So, when somebody says they believe the gospel, somebody says they're a Christian, they use that term, you need to ask some biblical questions. Do it in conversation. You don't have to interrogate them. But ask them some questions. Just start up a conversation. See what the gospel is that they hold to. Who is the Christ that they hold to? Is it a Christ that's okay with sin? Um, any of this kind of stuff? No. 1 Corinthians 15. Now, you know I read later on in the passage, but listen to what Paul says. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how the Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried 
and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. There's your gospel. And as a result of that, what should men do? They should repent. Read Acts chapter 2 and Peter's incredible sermon that he gives where he lays out from beginning to end, and he, he, he brings the people there, and the Bible says they're cut to the heart, and they say, what must we do to be saved? They're not... I know some people will take that and say, well, what do we got to do? Do we got to sacrifice? Do we got to uh, get baptized? Do we got to, to, to be saved. It, it, that's not what it is. Christ has saved. He does save. And Peter tells them, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. There's no question about what he says. And that's a narrative that we're given. But when we go and we look didactically at how the Scripture lays that out, why do people want to repent? Why do people want to be baptized? Why do people want to follow Christ? Because God has given them a new birth, what we read about in, uh, in John chapter 1. They were born of the Spirit of God. He gave them life, Ephesians 2. He quickened them from the dead. And so therefore, a dead man or a live man does something different than the dead man, doesn't he? The dead man's stinking and rotten and all this other stuff. And the live man breathes, and he lives, and he stands on his feet, and he walks, and he talks, and he does all these things. And so whatever we do, we do, as Paul says in the book of Philippians, we he works in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. So who gets the glory for anything that we do that honors God? God does. God does. We don't get any glory for that, nor should we. We've not, yes, we've been the instrument of doing it, but it has been God who works in us. And I'm telling you right now, on the political front, you people are already lining up to vote for DeSantis or Trump or any, and you've got that on your mind and you kind of toss Jesus on the side. You know, if they got a, a cross emblem on their jacket or they say Jesus or they believe in Christmas or whatever, if that's, if that's your standard for Christianity, it's a pretty low standard. We have got to bring Christ not into Christmas, but into everyday life into our lives, our children's lives, and our community's lives, in the political realm, he's going to have to start taking preeminence. And if you're not willing to do that, then you might as well go ahead and kiss your republic goodbye. It's time for the people of God. Judgment begins at the house of God. It's time for the people of God to repent before God and to make him in our minds, to set him up as the one on the throne to whom we serve. Okay? You guys have a great day. Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and in the morning we'll be back with you, Lord willing, at 6 a.m. Until then, see you.